Welcome to Inside the Upside Down on the Mike Ricksecker audio journey on MikeRicksecker.com. Welcome to Inside the Upside Down. I'm author and ghost story and Mike Ricksecker. With me as always is Shauna Wankel, our chat shenanigator from Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I almost stumbled over that. It's <laughs> no, been a long day. It has been a long day. It's been a long week and it's only Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but here we are for another great episode of Inside the Upside Down. We're going to be talking about hoaxes, frauds, urban legends, um, inaccurate information, fake news, all of that fun stuff. Uh, we're mostly going to be like more of the modern stuff tonight. We'll get into some uh, historic stuff later. Um, but this one, I mean, we've we've done a, a like fake history show before. We've done some hoaxes before. We've, we've dedicated some shows strictly like to Dear David. We'll touch on him uh, a little bit later. You know, so we've kind of done some smatterings of this uh, here and there, but um, you know, there's some other stuff that's come up here lately that I think we kind of need to to dive into. Some things we'll readdress. More information coming out on other things. So, um, yeah, I think it's one of those phenomena within our culture that you know we get like some little chunk, some little nugget of information that goes like way off in some crazy direction, and then you have somebody like Kim Kardashian who just headline reads and makes a mess of it thanks kim thanks kim <laughs> my dad gave me a fist pound last uh the other night when uh you know i was telling him about that whole video he's like you went after kim kardashian i'm like well i mean that brought her up he's like yeah you go get her he gave me a fist pound i'm like all right <laughs> thanks dad <laughs> so um so yeah that's that's where we're starting and of course feel free to you know throw down some uh questions in the chat room about any you know hoaxes frauds urban legends that uh we'll, that we're going to get into but um yeah this one here that just came up let me get into um the tab here there it is there's the crazy looking creature that everybody is calling momo it's like what the hell is momo momo doesn't even exist anymore you know this this sculpture here and that's what it is it's a sculpture but this has been a um a hoax it, it, I mean it's straight up it is a hoax it, it's not real I mean the sculpture itself is real but the story behind it is not people do keep perpetuating the thing as supposedly being real and you know people getting scared and you know people getting killed or killing themselves and it, but none of those reports can be substantiated it's like oh I heard from this person I heard from that person even people that threw down in the comments of our video that we posted the other day are perpetuating this stuff and it's like no you know that those things never happen. It's all been a hoax, you know, and this fear mongering has just gone rampant. Like you said, thanks, Kim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, she basically read a headline about this thing and, um, you know, blew the thing wide open and scared the crap out of everybody. You got teachers, parents, sheriffs, all kinds of, you know, authority figures involved that, you know, I mean, yeah, they're telling their kids about it. Hey, this is the thing. And, you know, it's not real don't get scared about it but you know it, it it's a fear that didn't need to happen um 
But basically what this is, is we'll give a little background on it. Um, like I said, it's a sculpture. Uh, uh, Kisuke Iso uh, in Japan is a artist. He created this for a um, um, a horror show, a horror art show out there in Japan. So I have another photo here that kind of gives you, this is Momo at the art show. So we kind of bring the camera back a little bit and it's basically stuck in the corner. Um, it actually didn't get a lot of fanfare at the art show at all. It's only afterwards when um, you know some photos of it circulate around the internet. But the sculpture's gone, it disintegrated. Um, he, he left it outside. Uh, he didn't really have a place for it in his studio, it didn't get much fanfare, it wasn't really built to last, so it, it disintegrated and he threw it in the, uh, in the dumpster. So, um, Robert Hanna, this Momo is an insult to the Momo, the monster in Missouri. Yeah, Chuck Banks kind of <laughs> was bringing that up last uh, on edge of the rabbit hole, and I didn't understand that he meant the Missouri monster. <laughs> I, and, you know, honestly, I don't know where they got the name Momo, because what this thing is supposed to be depicting is Ubume. And Ubume is, it's a ghost, um, it's a Japanese legend of a ghost, um, and I'll show you Obume, I don't know how easy it is to see it, but basically it's a, uh, a Japanese legend of a, a ghost of a woman, a couple of different variations, whether she died in childbirth, just after childbirth, sometimes the child died as well, all these different things, um, different possibilities, and her ghost is seen there at the spot uh, where the event happened, and her name is Obume. Uh, where the bird part of it comes into play is sometimes the uh, the lettering because you know they use the different pictographs there for for their letters and their words. Sometimes it's written in a I don't know a, a, like bird like way <laughs> for for lack of a better term um, that and it has to do with the way that they create their their uh, pictographs. And basically, it changes the meaning to a um, child snatching bird, and so the whole uh, Momo thing is a is a combination of those two things: the woman and the bird. So that's what it is. It is not real. Um, Donna Gordon saying, first time I saw, it, I thought it looked like a puppet. Yeah, you know. When I first saw it, it was months ago, because I know like it was a couple weeks ago that, or maybe a week ago or whatever it was that you had sent me a link or shown me the picture of it or whatever, and I was like, oh, I've seen that before, and it was like months ago, yeah, you know, and even like I don't know a few weeks back, you know, I'd seen the picture pop up in my feed again. I was like, oh, there's that creepy thing again, you know, and so it's something that's been around already for a little while, but this thing kind of percolated in the background and then blew up into this whole phenomenon that now we're, you know, putting out all these different posters. BuzzFeed was out on the streets of New York um, handing out flyers about it. You know, just crazy stuff. There's people now that are talking about Momo love. <laughs> and that sums it up right there. Massive eye roll. I, I'm sad for humanity <laughs> as a whole for many reasons. That's part of it. 
That's a big part of it. That's our future right there. <laughs> we are doomed. Yeah, it's um, in uh, PSPR, uh, Paranormal Pursuit. My kids are terrified of this thing. It's all the stories that all the kids are spreading. Yeah, exactly. And it, it is the way that it's it's spreading and being spread is that, you know, they, they catch wind of it somewhere on social media. That's a creepy picture. And somebody basically, basically what happened is, um, you know, photos of this thing got out on the internet because of that art show. And somebody basically took a creepy picture, put a creepy story with it, put the two together, and it went viral. And we know the way humans are, and especially kids, you know, they see the creepy picture, they, they hear a bit of the creepy story, and it gets, you know, they'll spread it around, they'll repeat it, they'll add to it. You know, there's people now that are, you know, saying, no, 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 it was real. You know, I, I, I know that there was, you know, somebody who, you know, committed suicide over it and all this stuff. And it's like they don't want it to die. They want it to keep going, even though there is no substantiated ever anybody of ever hurting themselves over the thing. But they want to keep it going. Maybe somebody needs to take that creepy little thing and Photoshop it to look not so creepy and let that become viral. Yeah. Like, oh, look, look what I found. Yeah, but we see it in ghost stories, too, where... You know, we'll go to a haunted location and, you know, we'll hear like all these vast numbers of different stories about this one particular location or what this one particular ghost or entity does at a location. And it snowballs into like all these other different uh, things. So, you know, we see that a lot with, with our other, uh, you know, just our own paranormal investigations. So, I mean, you've seen that at, at different places too. Yeah, that. I mean, whenever we go to places, you know, like I personally don't like to go in blind, just because, you know, I I feel like, I feel like my brain knows the difference and can be like, okay, you know, this is what we've heard, but, you know, let's let's reserve judgment until something actually happens. I don't believe that my mind is going to play tricks on me. I feel pretty of sound mind mostly, most of the time. So I kind of feel like it's not going to play tricks on me. Uh, I hope. Yeah. Uh, PSPR, uh, it says it's like Bloody Mary and Candyman folklore. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's basically the same thing. This is a modern version of it. You know, back then it would take a lot longer for it to to percolate and get moving along from region to region and they'd kind of you know twist it on their own it would take years decades sometimes for the story to develop and churn and but this one because we have the internet you know it just, it's so much faster and it just blows up in these huge phenomenons um kathy silly into it reminds me of something out of tim burton's nightmare before christmas yeah it kind of has that look <laughs> definitely kind of has that look um, and you know it was he made it for a horror show a horror art show so um let's see um but will people give this thing enough energy that it manifests into something well and seeing Dan, donna gorton just asked could this become a tulpa so yeah you know that's one of those things we're going to talk about it here in, in a bit with slender man that Okay, is there an entity out there that's going to say, I want to become Momo? Look, and, you know, just 
take that thing and become Momo. <laughs> I don't know. You know, um, even even when you talk Slenderman, I mean, it's just a theory that maybe it's become a tulpa. You have no idea if it really has. You know, because a lot of the, you know, people that say that they've actually seen him, you know, are they a credible witness? You know, a, a lot of them, again, are young, impressionable kids. We'll talk about that, too, that... Um, that want to perpetuate the story that want to i mean we all i don't know if we all did it as as kids but especially like as a creative kid you want to be able to add your own twist to it you know you hear some cool story and like oh i can one-up that or you know oh i could add some other cool element to that story it's like there's there's a part of you that almost wants it to be real but there's a part of you that also knows it's not and you want to add to that story and you want to keep it going like this is the cool story i want to see keep you know see it keep going here i'm going to add something to it that happens that seriously happens so um robert hanna black eyed children are pretty credible stories there's some interesting ones there uh definitely some interesting black eyed children stories of course shadow people we talk about shadow people uh a lot on here um primarily because i've had a lot of shadow people experiences so um kathy silento i think what's wrong is that targeted towards such a young age group yeah yeah and that's what's that is absolutely what's terrible that you know it did target kids um and a lot of these things out on the internet do target kids and um you know we'll get to um that's that's momo but you know there's come on turn off okay there's this guy too you know slender man it's um kind of the same but different you know when you're you're talking you know is it now a you know tulpa or you know the way it it used the internet um you know it's it's another one of those things where it's become that modern urban legend that modern folklore the, the modern means of storytelling that has propelled this thing um i almost kind of want to say you know it's it's a good thing that the that the um, that the movie bombed, you know, because it kind of took uh, some of the steam off of this. But um, you know, with with this one, yeah, this is where it originated. You know, it was a Photoshop project. You know, Slender Man has never been real, um, and I, I think that's important for people to understand. With these things, Momo was never real. Um, you know, Japanese legend, the guy created some artwork for it, and that's that's where it was. With Slender Man, it was a Photoshop project on a on a forum, on a website. It basically, you know, they would they would do little things like this. A little um, hey, let's have a little Photoshop contest. Um, and this one was, you know, make a creepy picture. And this is what he did. He put this tall, creepy guy in the background of these kids. And he he put a little story with it that was all of about three lines um and it became very popular the, the user's name was victor surges eric newton is his real name um on the something awful forums yeah and so people liked that so he came up with some other photos people started coming up with their own slender man photos and coming up with their own little pieces of story and so you know over time all of this lore that was completely untrue 
grew up out of nowhere, you know, out of, out of this one, I won't say nowhere, but out of this one post, it just sprouted into all these different things. And so, you know, uh, you know, creepy pasta got a hold of it, put it on their website. There's a, you know, there's a creepy pasta wiki that keeps track of like all the stories that creepy pasta has and all the information. Like if there's like if there's a story like Slenderman where people keep adding and adding and adding and adding, then they'll they'll keep track to it. And they came up with like there's like almost 200 pages worth of information about this fictional character. You know, so which to me is very creative. You know, um, and as a you know as a writer, I'm like, well, you know, I wish my one of my pieces of writing would would you know get pretty popular like that. You know. Um, but none of it was true. You know, you could see influences of like shadow people and things like that in there. Um, in, in different, um, you know, urban legends and, and, and things like that. But none of it was ever true. Um, so, yeah, Tom McNicholas talked about Amityville, Ghost Boy Pick, and... Um, Jared's already talking about movies and stuff like that. Yeah, the uh, we'll get into some of the different movies and whatnot here in a little bit. Um, so yeah, the Slenderman movie bombed, which I think kind of took some steam off of it, was which was kind of a good thing. And the thing that really kind of blew the Slenderman thing out in the open was the girls. And you want to talk about it affecting kids and how these things can go too far. And that was the girls, um, Anissa Weir and uh, Morgan Geyser, who you know, tried to uh, kill their friend. Um, they and they were almost successful. They were uh, very very close to doing that. And I'm trying to get to the photo. Where is it? It's down here. So that's that's these two girls. Um, yeah, they they basically latched on to Slenderman. One of the things that came up in the storytelling of Slenderman was um, they basically ended up saying that Slenderman was bullied when he was a kid. And they actually had little drawings of a little Slenderman guy being insulted. And a lot of kids can relate to that. So these girls didn't have a lot of friends. You know, they kind of befriended each other. And I think think it was Anissa that first got into the Slenderman thing and so she would share that with with Morgan and they just really dove headlong into it the girl that they ended up um, trying to kill and not really so much um, but she was still you know part of their little group um, and they thought just from reading the stories that they were going to become quote-unquote proxies of Slenderman or his servants and go get to live with him out in the Slender Mansion in the forest. Uh, which is really, really sad. You know, it's... I, 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 there was a, a disconnect there. Um, they do say that the girls have schizophrenia um, and, and things like that. So there was an you know, obvious disconnect there of not understanding that everything that they were reading was fictional. Um, and I wonder, though, they were probably a little older for it. But see, I remember being a kid, and there was a, I forget, it was, uh, what was the cartoon? Uh, but in any case, I had convinced my friends, not, well, 
next door neighbors and my sister um, that we were going to go meet them. You know, we were going to we were going to go walk to Hollywood and go meet them. And so, you know, we're walking through the woods, basically down the hill. Um, and you know, our parents thought we ran away, which we hadn't. We we're just going to go meet the cartoon characters. You know, so it's a disconnect from reality. And we we got picked up down at the bottom of the hill by you know the the one girl's aunt. Um, like I said, I was younger than they were twelve at that. So, I mean, is it just a complete disconnect from reality, or they should have known better? I mean, I must it's have tough. led just a very sheltered life. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? I don't have any stories like that. You don't have any stories like that? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, because I wasn't trying to run away. I just wanted to go meet the cartoon characters. Yeah, I... Because even one of... Even one of the... I can't remember which... Maybe it was one of the girls or maybe it was my sister. I don't know. They were like, well, you know they're not real. And I'm like, yeah. But it could be. We won't know until we go and find out. <laughs> somehow, Somehow you convince yourself that is going to be real. And I wonder if that's happened with them. And I wonder if, in, and not just in this particular situation, but if that happens in other, um, you know, urban legends and fairy tales and, and all that other stuff where people start convincing themselves, even though somewhere in their head they're like, I know that's not real. But they start convincing themselves it is. That's why I never experienced anything as a, as a kid. Because I was like filter like completely right I was like Fort Knox up in there I must have had no <laughs> imagination because I don't remember anything well, like that so um, Donna Gordon saying too young to get a diagnosis of schizophrenia um, you'd rule out at best yeah they were 12 when it happened they're 15 now or maybe it was 15 last year when the sentencing was handed down um, so I don't know if they got diagnosed with that at 12 or if they got diagnosed at that at 15 when they got sentenced. But schizophrenia was there in, in the mix for sure. Um, let's see, what else? Um, so Candy say no adult supervision. Um, what's kind of sad, actually. That's what I was going to ask. Where the hell yeah, were their parents? where are the parents? And um, like HBO had a documentary on on this, um, you know, Beware the Slender Man. And... And the one father was, you know, he was talking about like their whole daily routine um, and just, you know, broke everything down. He's like, you know, unless I was sitting in her room 24 seven, you know, while she did every single little thing, what else could I have possibly done? And what he was blaming was, cause he didn't have, um, you know, I, I guess the, the, if I remember correctly, the family had like one computer, they were only used the TV downstairs and, you know, stuff like that. But I guess the schools insisted for educational purposes that they all had to get iPads. Hmm. And so she had the iPad in her room, you know, for her schoolwork. But of course, she was getting on the Internet and discovering all this other stuff, which is, I guess, what happened. Firewalls? Like, don't they have, like, privacy? I mean, well, that's a couple of things to take into, um, into consideration. One, does he know how to do that? I mean, I know how to do that because that's my my career for the last you know 30 years he might not know how to do that you know and if he even did have an inkling of 
well, okay, maybe there are some restrictions I should do, you know, firewall sort of stuff. He wouldn't have known to like block Slenderman because he, he, as an adult, had no idea what Slenderman even was. You know, she discovered it on the internet. Search he history. He could have gone through research history if he knew how to go through research history. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's one of those where you just, you know, I, like I said, he's like, unless I was sitting there, I, you know, he just, he mapped out their whole day. So, um, let's see what you guys have down here. Um, so Donna says, psych community tries avoiding full-fledged diagnosis till adulthood to avoid it being a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm just telling you what they said in the case, that they diagnosed him with schizophrenia. So um, I, mean, I don't know if they do things different in Wisconsin than New York. I, I don't know. But um, I think there was a, uh, yeah, Robert Hanna, what about the old Bloody Mary urban legend? Yeah, I mean, that's one that's been, you know, Years and years and years of going through the ringer and being morphed. I mean, Bloody Mary was um, was Mary Tudor. You know, after um, after uh, Henry VIII died and and Mary took over, she basically wanted to flip the whole religion thing back around and and make everything Catholic again after he had made it Protestant, and so she was. She was killing people left and right. Not that King Henry VIII was any, you know, saint or anything since he had a lot of uh, people executed too. So, uh, but she was, yeah, she was nicknamed Bloody Mary for, for that. Yeah. Ain't religion grand. <laughs> All in the name of religion, right. Right. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's one of those where, you know, years, and I mean, you're talking about years and years ago. <laughs> Where that became the, you know, say three times in the mirror and all that stuff. I never played Bloody Mary. Did you? No. Yeah. I don't know. But you can go out on YouTube and find all kinds of Bloody Mary videos and people trying to play it. Yeah. Um, um, let's get into, okay, those are kind of the two big ones. Go ahead. I sometimes wonder if it cracks me up, you know, because if I were a ghost... And I just hanging back, just, well, I wonder what these people are going to be talking about down here. That's like, wow, this is a chance for me to mess with somebody. They want to see Bloody Mary, I'll give them a Bloody Mary. Or the whole Charlie, Charlie, whatever crap. Oh, the Charlie, Charlie yeah. thing. Yeah, that was, but I, they were going to prove that was just a physics trick. Yeah, I'd be a That ghost. was just a physics I'd, trick. I'd be, I'd be handing people what they're looking for. Yeah, but see, that was one, another one that was going around the internet, you know, a couple years ago. The whole Charlie, Charlie, put your, you know, pencil down on there and, you know, kids are freaking themselves out over it, you know, but it was just a, a little physics trick. It was cool, you know, but yeah, you know, and it's, it's, it's one of those, see, and I, I remember, I, I think it's one of those things as a kid that you, Maybe you liked getting spooked a little bit or whatever. Um, where we're down in my friend Ron's basement. I mean, we're high school at this point in time. And he and Dennis are telling me about, um, you know, backwards messages on uh, whichever one of Queen's album has uh, another one bites the dust. It's supposed to say, you know, try to smoke marijuana. And 
So wow. we're running it. We're running it backwards, right? So that's 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 the rumor. That's the legend. We're running the thing backwards. It does kind of sound like it a little bit. And then <laughs> one of them, I think it was Ron, um, amped the whole thing up even more. Like, you know, well, if we're sitting here, you know, listening to backwards messages, then that's gonna summon Satan. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so all of a sudden, you know, we're all getting freaked out. <laughs> Well, that explains a lot. Then. Explains a maybe lot, huh? Maybe, maybe. But see, that's one of those things, like you know, telling ghost stories over campfire, roasting marshmallows, you know, and you just—it's one of the things you do—is you try to spook each other. And I think these days, good stuff, huh? Mm -hmm. uh, I think these days with the internet, we've like amped that up you know way past where it should be it's, n it's no longer about getting like a you know goosebumps and that jump scare or anything you know now we're actually you know threatening death in, in like crazy ass bullshit like this so um yeah diane hilbert saying i remember playing Beatles songs backwards listening for satan yeah <laughs> so i'm not the only one it wasn't just me ron and dennis yeah, it's so you know there's there's diane hilbert too i've never done anything like that but Maybe I did, and I'm just blocking it out. Maybe that's maybe that's where <laughs> bad luck comes from. And ancient people was following you around. Right. There's Donna Gordon. Maybe that's why. Donna Gordon saying, "But did you ever inhale, Mike?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I never inhaled. I never took a puff, actually. Oh, so I so didn't bad. even. I didn't even try. I didn't even try. So. One are you drinking? This is it's Orange, raining zen stuff. Ginger. You notice Shauna's wearing the new it's raining zen shirt. So go check them out, Alton, Illinois. Yep, but there's a orange ginger mint tea from Republic of Tea, but I buy mm -hmm. all of my Republic of Tea from Zen, of course. Yep. Or I'm sorry, Su Indigo support. Moon. Well, it's Indigo Moon, but it's all they Shop all local. Yeah. Shop local. And um, if I can't find it at Zen, I'd rather not buy it, to be honest. Um, but man, this one's smooth. <laughs> I mean, the texture of it and the flavor is very robust. And I would definitely <laughs> get a ginger. It's good for you. And if you I'm glad on, you like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, it's really good. Oh my God. So Rick Gabbard is saying, I never knew about the Charlie Charlie deal. Yeah. So basically, it's you put the one pencil on top of the other or whatever it is, and you know, you ask a yes or no question, and it spins and it. it goes to the to the yes or no but it's basically a physics trick and it has to do with uh micro vibrations that's what it comes down to but you know you know 12 or 13 year old or even 14 whatever they don't know that <laughs> and so you know they spook themselves with it um so <laughs> fairy queen diane hilbert says i inhaled didn't every hippie i don't know about that my mom claims that she was a clean hippie mm-hmm She's never done it. She was a hippie. My dad was not. He wasn't into that. But my mom was. She claims that she was a clean hippie. And I'm like, but mom, that's an oxymoron. You know? <laughs> but she claims she was. Um, all right. So let's get into some, some other stuff. Those are like the two really big, uh, more recent ones, especially the Momo thing. Um, I know... Uh, We'll get into another big recent one um, is the Dear David thing. We'll get into that in a little into a little bit, uh, but I want to kind of bring Shauna into it because 
you didn't know as, as much about those other two as you do Core Orphanage. Um, but I'll just say this for those that bug out a little early. Dear David is fake. He's coming out with a movie, if you can believe that. They picked it up as a movie, but it's a complete freaking fake. And we have a whole show on that on Inside the Upside Down from last year. So you, mm-hmm. you want to check that one out. But it's, it's completely fake. In any case. Shocker. Yeah. Core Orphanage. So th- these are the ruins. And many people have heard about the legend of Gore Orphanage, where this mean old man Gore they locked all the children up every night. And one night, the orphanage caught on fire and all the children died and didn't escape. And now their souls are still burning there. And people see burning children at night when they go. There's a movie. It's like too it's on complete it. bullshit. And I couldn't oh, watch that it. cheesy movie! I, it was such a. It was I, they had. They probably long. had like a, a 1995 budget, like 19 dollars and 95 cents budget. Seriously, um, it was so bad. Um, and yeah, they perpetuated that myth. But what pissed me off? Okay, they're busy perpetuating the myth. The orphanage in the area was Light of Hope Orphanage. It was an orphanage in the area. We'll get into that in a second. And when they were in the dining room, they had the two words, light and hope, on the wall. And I'm like, I mean, that's that's them trying to pay homage to the real story. And it's like, but you're perpetuating the lie. And I guess Supernatural, and I haven't, I've only seen like half of season one of Supernatural, but somewhere along the way, Supernatural did an episode on Gore Orphanage. Um, and from my understanding, they also perpetuated the lie. So of course they did. It's network TV. Well, it's network TV, and that's what that's what sells. That's what plays. So um, there was no Gore Orphanage. Never was. There never was, ever. So what these ruins are, we'll go back to that. What these ruins are that they say is the Gore Orphanage was the Swift Mansion. S W I F T Swift. It's it's one extra letter, I guess, but it doesn't even sound like gore. Um, so where they get quote-unquote gore orphanages, that's the name of the road, Gore Orphanage Road. Except the naming came in two different phases. It was originally just Gore Road, and the reason why it was called Gore Road was because they needed to make way back in the day you know, mid-1800s, they needed to make a map correction. A little wedge-shaped piece of land, wedge-shaped piece of land, that's called a gore. Um, Because, you know, as as well as they tried to map everything out and survey everything back then, sometimes they made mistakes, so they needed to make this correction, which was called a gore. And so they named that road Gore Road. Years and years later, after that house had been lived in and abandoned up the hill an orphanage went into place and so they appended the word orphanage after gore so that people knew oh this is the road to go to take to get to the orphanage but these ruins i keep trying to hit the wrong button with these ruins it was actually something completely different from the orphanage and that was this house whoops wrong one Uh, where is it i'm hitting that boom off off there we go (laughs) shauna's over here rolling her eyes um there we go this is 
this is the Swift Mansion. Um, and Shauna, I, I know you've been here with me. Um, all the stories about children on fire and things like that. I mean, what was your take on this particular site where this house had once been and are now ruins? The first time that we went there, we were kind of in a rush. Yeah. And so I really, if I'm already in a rushed mood or in a rushed frame of mind, I'm not nearly as open to anything going on. I really didn't feel anything. The only, the first time, all I felt was like just someone was watching from somewhere. The woods have eyes. <laughs> you know, it, that's what I felt the first time. The second time, where we weren't quite so rushed and were able to uh, walk around in the ruins. And there were a couple of spots where I would stop and be like, you know, what happened here? And... You know, just feel um, like, and it's pretty flat. It's pretty flat, really. I mean, the area. Um, yeah. Well, you, you were know. talking about that basement area. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's flat. I mean, everything's sunken in. Right, but yeah. like there was an area like where one of the bedrooms I think was after we found the floor plan. Yeah. You know, where there was just this one spot where I just kind of stopped and I was like, "There's something happened here," you know, because it just my body just felt different, um, and I kind of. Uh, kind of was a little harder to breathe there for a minute. And so I was like, well, I wonder what happened here, you know? And then you had pulled up the, you know, the floor plan. We had a picture of the floor plan in the, in the phone and, and you know, realized that that would have been like a spot where one of the bedrooms. Yeah. It was one of the bedrooms. Was. I remember the spot. Yeah. So, you know, and the kids were sick. So, yep. um, you know, was I picking up on yeah, something the, there? Yeah, these, these children here, we, we believe these are the Wilbur children, which is the family that moved in after the Swifts. I mean, it's it's possible you picked up on the on these kids. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. Nobody identified themselves. You know, I didn't really, you know, hear anything. Just, you know, but again, it just felt like uh, mostly, you know, just the feeling of being watched. Yeah, you would stand there and all of a sudden you'd just be like looking yeah. over the side or looking behind you because, you know, that's what it felt like. You were being watched by somebody. Yeah, I've been there several times because it was only about, you know, 20 minutes on the road from where I lived in Ohio. Um, yeah, you'd get that feeling of being watched. There was um, a, a time where it sounded like somebody walking in the woods over, you know, by the well area. Um, you know, so there was a little bit about of that going on there. It's, it's a location that is mistakenly listed as one of the most haunted places in Ohio, and it's just not. It is haunted, mildly, but the most haunted, no. It's not It's not on that list. It shouldn't be in any case. Um, you know, the sad thing is, you know, we believe, we believe these are the Wilbur children. Can't be positive, because uh, it is an undated photo, but, you know, you see the wear and tear on the house, and the Swift family, uh, ended up leaving because they all the money that they'd made in the railroad and sunk into the house. They the railroad business uh, went bad on them, um, and, and so they lost their money and left. And so the Wilbur family came in. Uh, there were four grandchildren that passed away, and of course the grandchildren did spend time in this house, um, and they all died. Four of them in the span of seven days of diphtheria. The, they didn't die in a fire or anything like that. They actually, most 
reports will say that they did not die in this house, that they died elsewhere. But after they passed away, the Wilbers were spiritualists, and they held seances in the house, in this house here, to try to contact the spirits of the children. The grandmother also kind of lost a bit of sense with reality, and she was doing things like setting the table for the children and stuff like that when you know they'd already passed. And so, you know, very, very sad how she was kind of losing her mind. Uh, and then they held the seances there. So that energy could possibly still be trapped in there. Um, the house did actually burn down. So in a sense, that is true. But decades later, so when the Wilbers finally moved in, it was not long after the children had, had passed away, the Wilbur family moved out of that house. It was like 1897 or something like that. The Light of Hope Orphanage up the hill came into play, it was like 1903, it was like, it was like six years later that they showed up. So the house down at the bottom of the hill is abandoned. Um, they did buy the land around it because there is a nice field back behind there to farm. And so the children would go up and down that hill. There were a lot of reports of abuse, that part is true, um, of these children for the orphanage, but the orphanage again was up the hill. Um, I know you felt something along that road. <laughs> you had something in your ear on that road. That was, I was not expecting that at all. And anyway, we're just walking, just walking along. And then like a split second before it happened, I just felt like this, oh, something, you know, was about to happen. And um, before I could even, you know, finish that sentence in my mind, it felt like someone... Uh, all of a sudden, my ear was lit up. Yeah. Was, that was wild. I mean, you just stopped right in your tracks. I was just like, boom. Unfortunately, I had my camera off because we had already walked all the way up that hill and got that footage, so I wasn't really running footage on the way back down. Um, Sink Hollywood says, you two are awesome from Oklahoma. Thank you very much. I lived there for three years, so yeah, a lot, lot going on in Oklahoma. Um, James Griffiths, <laughs> greetings, Mike and Shot. Much respect. Thank you, James. And... Um, Chuck Banks is saying that he was going to bug out pretty soon because there's a lot of knocking going on downstairs where he's at. We go investigate Chuck. your house, yes, Chuck. Yes, we need to investigate Chuck's house. Live on location. Yep. So, yeah, so it's a really, really interesting area, and that road is so overgrown because it is an abandoned road. And this is something that I just recently found out. Um, so we have the video, um, the Gore Orphanage video that's out there that goes through all the information. Um, and I uh, did have a conversation with a uh, with a gentleman who lived in the area, you know, like his whole life, you know, dating back um, into the, um, I guess, into the 60s. I guess he was a teenager in the 60s when this happened. There was a massive, massive storm that um, equated almost to a hurricane. Um, it was 4th of July, 1969, and... You know, you know, people were getting ready for the 4th of July. They were at parks and, and they're talking about, you know, the winds were so strong that people were getting picked up off the ground. Um, this road is right pretty much up against the Vermilion River. And that storm basically caved in part of that road 
And it's even worse now. There's parts where you're walking along like this much of a road and then it just and falls off a cliff. And all of a, a sudden cliff. there's it's like part of the guardrail is yeah. like hanging down. It's like, is this safe to walk on? You yeah, know? it's it's so we're like terrible. hugging the side of the mm-hmm. thing. I was like, I don't feel so safe up here. But it, but it mostly feels pretty sound. At least the parts were, you know, there was like no give to it or anything. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't, we weren't going to fall off or anything. But, you know, it's... You know, and that always made me wonder, too, if there were other things that happened along that road because it was, it's just, you know, straight down to the river. Maybe there were some accidents along there. We know the kids used that going up and down from the fields. And I will say that the kids were probably, you know, the kids that worked the orphanage were probably in this house when it was an abandoned house. And they were probably playing around in it. You know, it makes sense to me, Mm -hmm. you know. Um the real story of the orphanage, like I said, uh, the orphanage of Light of, or the Light of Hope Orphanage. Um, you know, these are the Sprungers who ran the orphanage. That's the little girl who escaped. And they went through a lawsuit in uh, 1909. Um, and, you know, they have the, the one uh, woman there in the middle who uh, was trying to be a teacher. But they so rarely were ever given schooling um, because the... Uh, you know, working on the farm came first. Um, you see the the house in the bottom uh, right corner is the girls' dormitory. Looks a lot different than the Swift Mansion. And again, it's up the hill. So if there was anything going on with the, uh, you know, with the orphanage as far as spirits, I mean, that might be one there, uh, which is now gone. They, they uh, I mean, it fell down years ago. There was just a... Um, a foundation that was left which has now been removed because they put in a new housing development so that's it's all gone um the one thing that's left up there is the building that they use for a school in a church that's still up there um of course we found those pillars that came up from the swift mansion um that were like along the side of the, the road um those were brought up um to use on the one property there um so the Light of Hope Orphanage was shut down in 1916. It was seven years later, a fire. Remember they say that the place burned down with the kids in and all that stuff. Seven years later, down the hill, the Swift Mansion did catch fire and burned to the ground. There were no kids in it. It was still abandoned, you know, all those years later after the Wilbers had moved out in the late 1890s. So... Um, but that's basically urban legend, you know, coming together and forming all of this stuff, you know. You know and the thing about that is you look at the newspaper headlines, 1923, when it burned, like haunted house destroyed by fire. So they already deemed it a haunted house at that point. So um did see some questions in here. So let's see. Let's get into some of these real quick. Um, from Robert, what about the Goatman legend? I actually don't know a lot about the Goatman. Do you know much about the Goatman? I hunt ghosts. <laughs> That's about all I do. I I talk to spirits. I never really. Never yeah, but really we encounter a lot stuff. of different urban legends and stuff as we go along. Like, there's a lot of Alton legends that we come across yeah. when we do things. I mean, down I do there. like like local stuff, and yeah. then the other stuff I learn about by watching Friday Night Ghost Frights. <laughs> That's yeah, pretty yeah. much our researching. Like, oh, what's this? You know, I never really got that much into cryptids and and, and stuff like that. 
Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is a uh, interesting question here from Samuel. Even though a spot or location is a hoax, does it become haunted by using the collective conscious? The collective conscious, or even the collective, un well, the collective unconscious would be grabbing things. And um, I mean, that's an excellent question. You know, that's almost when you start getting into stuff like tulpas, where, you know, with a tulpa, you know, there's a legend or a story of, of something that um, that entity decides that it's going to take the persona of and kind of become it. Um, so they may appear, you know, physically to, to people as that entity is trying to portray. It's not going to have the same, like when you talk Slenderman, if that, if that has become a tulpa. Um, it wouldn't like have the same abilities as you know Slenderman does in the little stories, unless it already kind of naturally has some of that stuff. Um, so it will act a, a little different, but it will physically look like it. Um, but I think so. If you have a legend, let's, let's talk about this. If you have a, a place with a legend, and people keep going to it to like you know investigate the paranormal or try to contact some spirits. Maybe they even come in with like a Ouija board or something like that. I would think after repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly doing that, that would possibly invite something in. What do you think? I believe that. Now, it's not gonna be what that legend was, I don't think. It would be just like something else moving in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, it's haunted. It's just not necessarily haunted by what everybody thinks. It's like the boat. There was, you know, the actual human spirits that were attached to it. And then it was vacated. And then we came back and the energy was different. Totally different right. stuff in there. It was different. So. And there was somebody else that was in there. And right. uh, yeah. Um, from Miss, I guess Miss Bethany Holly, is that what I'm, is that how I'm reading it? Um, do you ever cover urban legends or hauntings from other countries? Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. We do. Um, you know, if you check out, we have a international ghost stories, um, playlist. So if you check that out, like Japanese slip mouth woman, uh, spring heel Jack, um there's a few different ones you know like even the the christmas one that we did had like a lot of um different you know ghost stories and urban legends from uh, other countries so so yeah definitely you, if you want to you know check out the international playlist go check that out um and that kind of plays right into this from rick where we're the best place to start researching gore orphanage our video our video um, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that just because it's it's our video. You know, check out our video. I mean, it actually we we did a lot of research on that. You know, because this channel sticks to the facts and the actual truth and the history, rather than just handing you a ghost story and letting that be it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of great resources out there that has that has parts of the story we combined all of those parts together in that video so it's like I don't know, was it like a 20 minute video something it's like a good that one. yeah yeah it's like one of my favorite videos out there um you know just because of you know how much of the you know real 
it basically intersplices the, the research that we did with us actually touring and investigating the area. So um, looking up newspaper articles and yeah. stuff like that. You know, there's the history. The truth itself is, you know, it's very sad and it's very mm-hmm. tragic. Yeah, it has it has quotes from um, from some of the kids that that were there from um, the trials and otherwise. Um, you know, interviews that some of the kids had given. Uh, the one came all the way from because the Sprungers came from Indiana. Um, he came all the way from Indiana with his little sister uh, to, to live there. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's more information to find. Yeah. But I would say, use that video, take down notes and, um, and, and do some additional research. Um, yeah. Cause you can actually, I mean, you could find stuff out there <clears throat> that gets into more details about the Sprungers and who they were and their background and all that stuff, which we didn't go into that detailed into, into them. And we, we gave you some details, but you, but as a like first stop, I would say that video. It's just we did a really good job with that one. Yeah, not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but that one is mm-hmm. a good one. Um, so Betty Lange, why are so many places haunted by a lady in white? Um, a haunted legend? Question mark. Um, it's it's you're seeing female apparition. Apparitions are white. I mean that's. I mean, that's always my take. You know, we saw a lady in white at the top of the stairs. Okay, you saw the apparition of a lady. You know, a woman in a white dress is out. It's usually the way it is. I mean, a lot of those. It's pretty common yeah. color. Pretty, you know, depends on the, <clears throat> you know, what part of his, what part of history you're talking about, what time frame, what they wore, you know, for that, for that era or whatever. Um, my very first spirit that I saw was wearing white. It was a little girl. She was wearing kind of a nightgowny kind of thing. Um, it was white, long. Um, there was another. Well, she wasn't exactly wearing white. It was kind of like an off-white, but and dirty. Um, but again, another similar, you know, type of color, you know, dress. You know, woman yeah. wearing white. Um, but I've seen spirits wearing different colors too. So, I mean, it just, it just all depends. Yep. But, you know, ghosts, you know, are typically white in stories, you know, especially the older ones, I uh-huh. guess. All spirits were. Well, and like B3 white. Airspace is saying, why is a known burial shroud for Amish and others and things like that? And I mean, that might be true. You might be seeing them in, in, some, in something they wore. I just have always took it as like when you see an apparition of a spirit, you usually, usually see them as white and translucent, regardless of the type of clothing that they're wearing. Um, I mean, I guess you've seen some colors, but I see a lot of shadow people. So, and somebody I've said seen. something about shadow people in there. It's like, but you don't even necessarily see clothes with them. It's just black. So saw a woman in the cafe wearing a multicolored apron. Well, there you go. Okay. When I say multicolored, I mean that thing had like you every mean color multicolored. Of the rainbow in it. Yeah. yeah. So, so Donna's saying, I, I think Lady in White could uh, be white mist as manifestation. Maybe. Um, Tom McNicholas is the Gore Mansion in the Helltown area. No. No, so like where I was living at in Illyria, um, 
Gore Orphanage area, Swift Mansion, is 20 minutes to the west. Um, the Helltown area would have been like 45 minutes to the east. So they're like over an hour apart between each other. Um, for Helltown is Boston Mills area, uh, Brecksville around that. So basically if you drew a line from Cleveland to Akron, half like about halfway between there that's where you'd find the uh the helltown area just look for the boston mill ski resort or brandywine ski resort yes there is skiing in ohio it's because that valley getting cut by the cuyahoga river and it's glorified hills you know <laughs> that they kind of run down you know it, it, they're they're like bunny hills for the ski slopes in alaska you know um yeah um all right, so let's get to it. I mean, we're already almost an hour into this, and we've covered three things, <laughs> and I had a whole bunch of stuff. So, all right. Let's see what else we can cover here real quick. Um, oh, I threw in... I knew that. So I threw in Valak here just because it was modern pop culture, and we recently did, you know, some Valak stuff um, just to, you know clear up some things because you know everybody like responding to those videos was like oh you know but where does the nun come into play with with valak and all that and it's like the, the valak is not a nun you know the, the movies you know keep doing these things you know as far as like misinformation that you know everyone now thinks that valak if you go into the demon lore they think that it was a nun and it's not in the movie universe and the fictional aspect of it 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 took on the persona of a nun um, but it's supposed to be this boy riding a two-headed dragon so there's just all this misinformation because of the movies now you could make an argument of does it really even exist anyways because it's it's lore and legend that basically originated in these old manuscripts from hundreds of years ago this is the pseudo monarchia demonum um you know is that stuff even true or is it just make-believe stories fiction i mean there's i guess not really a way to know that um but it was never a nun you know so i would again say refer to our, our different videos on that but i wanted to throw that one in there because there's a lot of people that think that Valak the demon, you know, it was an un- it's just not. Um, I did mention it earlier, the Dear David thing. Um, so in this, uh, I forget his name now. We have a hole inside the Upside Down on Dear David, um, but it's another modern day hoax. He still insists to this day that it's true. So he started posting on his Twitter that he was seeing this boy around his apartment um, his name was David. He's got his like head crushed like this, um, doing different little haunted things around his apartment. That's one photo of him. This is another photo of him. I mean, the the whole way the head is done, it looks like computer graphics. Like some somebody that's not necessarily an expert at 3ds Max, which is a or Maya, which are yeah, 3D uh, graphics programs that you know they might have a, a little bit of a skill. But they're not, you know, an extreme professional. They'd, they'd be able to create that. Um, 
but some of the pictures that he was posting like about the cats uh at the door like i said this is all real quick so okay here's supposedly there's stuff going on at the door and the cats are checking it out and the cats keep keep getting bugged out by this door and these are supposed to be like back-to-back photos or like within a couple minutes of each other or something um i can't remember all the precise details because it's it's been a while but you can see that these are actually taken at two very different times of day Mm -hmm. um in the lighting the lighting's coming from different angles you can see one is like more of of like sunlight where the other's artificial light and it's just but he's trying to perpetuate this stuff as being true and he scored a movie deal with it um greg rankin yeah cheap computer graphics there absolutely absolutely um diane hilbert says she went to the bathroom and thought the show was over seriously (laughs) come on now um so uh yeah to katie palmer i remember that one yeah it's he back in november new line cinema picked up dear david uh to, to make a movie out of it you know but it's it's just it like i said he claims to this day that it's all true and all this stuff and this is just two photos you know, well i guess i had four photos of the stuff that he's posted and it's just it's clearly not um so it's unfortunately unfortunately he won't just fess up like hey you know i came up with a cool story like slender man you know i kept posting this stuff like they were doing with the slender man stuff and, and, and came up with a story i mean the way he started it off i was like okay you know that's a good way to get a story going um but he won't fess up to that this is old school on cottingly fairies how real those look to you <laughs> yeah not so much yeah this is more of historic one um but this is like back when photography was still new i mean at this point in time photography had been around for like around 50 years um earlier than this was like the mumbler spirit photography which was just double exposure um this was a few decades later and these are little cutouts but at that time it's 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 funny at that time there wasn't enough known about photography in the masses that they believed it and sir arthur conan doyle who wrote the sherlock holmes stories actually had a whole second set of photos commissioned like hey go out to the fairies again you know i'll pay to have it done (laughs) and so yeah the but um, it was, what, in the 1970s where they finally admitted that it was all a hoax. But, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. But that's that's a historic hoax. And then um, the other, the Fox sisters. So this gets into the spiritualism movement um, where they were doing, you know, like the, the table knockings, the seances where they did the table knockings and all that stuff. And basically they had figured out a way to, like, move their joints in such a way that it would pop and it would sound like you know a knocking coming from the table they originally did it to, as a joke to fool their mother one night and because they fooled her so well and she believed them you know they were saying well we're talking to spirits and so the mother started inviting people over from the neighborhood and you know they're kind of showing off and so it just snowballed into now they're going around with the 
um, you know, P.T. Barnum and his circus. And they became like a huge, big national hit. Well, it was finally like in the 1880s where the one sister was like, yeah, it was it was all a hoax. And this is the way we were able to do it. So. Um, so those are a couple of historic ones. So I know I just kind of blew through those real quick at the end because you were already over our hour. So per Joe Grizzly, um, and this is a shadow person um, question, is a shadow figure known to feed on negative energy? I mean, it can. <laughs> I, I, don't think, I don't think that all shadow people are negative, for one. Um, I think that just like people, some are, some are good, some are bad. Um, I think the, the, the bad experiences, of course, get reported more than the good ones. Um, so I hear a, a, a number of those, but I also hear a lot where they're just hanging out and just curious and just kind of looking around, you know, you know, or I've had experiences where it seems like I've scared it. So, and, and other people report that stuff too. So very different. Um, so, um, all right, what else do you guys have? Um, so, yeah, Diane Hilbert, fairies. Yeah, the Cottingly fairies. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, now, we have we have seen actual fairies, and they don't look like that. <laughs> yeah, we're, or maybe we've seen yeah, a fairy, I'm, if that's what it was. I'm going to continue to refer to them as that because I can't not refer to them as that. I mean, they don't look like, well, we've been, you know, shown that fairies are supposed to look like on TV, movies, books, you know, lore, whatever, you know, so Tinkerbell, you know, I mean, we have this, you know, idea of what they're supposed to look like, but then what they're supposed to act like. And, you know, the stuff that, you know, well, you saw it more than I did, mm-hmm. but was fairy-like in its behavior, you know, or what we think fairy might act like. And I'm just going to go ahead and keep calling it that until uh, something happens to convince me otherwise. I don't, I don't have anything else to compare it to, really. So, so Joe is following up. Um, he says... Uh, yes, is this the source uh, of energy negative? I mean, no, not necessarily. Um, let's talk about the shadow people again. Um, and check out some of our other shadow people videos. I have a lot of videos on shadow people uh, on this channel. Um, again, you know, they could be negative, they could be positive. I think just just because they look like a shadow doesn't mean that they are negative. That's just the way that they appear to our eyes because instead of reflecting light they are absorbing light uh, i believe most uh, shadow people are interdimensional beings you know um there's a, a small uh a small number of and i wouldn't even call them shadow people but um spirits that manifest that are shadowy in nature like the human spirits and they're trying to come through and they just can't quite manifest a, a full apparition so they <laughs> Uh, they appear as a shadow, so and I certainly wouldn't call those people negative. So, no, I I do think that I do think that they give off a different energy, though. It's a totally different feeling. 
like at least to me what i'm like whenever i see some shadow i can usually sense that it's human in nature but there have been a handful of times where i've seen shadows where i'm like well yeah you know a a human yeah human spirit definitely has a different vibration than the shadow person Mm -hmm. It's, it's just different i guess it's a different totally different entity yeah it's different um, from Kathy Siliento, Mike, do you and Shauna know anything about the suicide force in Japan? Would love to hear some information on that one. Yeah, so that one, and it's it's sad. Um, I mean, because of the legends associated with this force, and it does it does legitimately happen. Um, you know, people in Japan do go to that force to actually commit suicide. There are signs and all kinds of things like that out front. Now, uh, because this is a very well-known fact that tried to deter people from going in there and killing themselves, I, I doubt putting up a bunch of signs works. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people go there and do that. Um, the, the, the Japanese culture is different than ours. Um, from a very young age, the rigors that they are put through... Um, to succeed um, and become a productive member of their society um, is is massive, and so they go through a lot of stress to, you know, achieve all the things that they're trying to achieve as a society, and a, a number of them can't handle it, and so that's where a lot of people decide to go to, to unfortunately take their lives. So I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but no, but I was I was reading an article about it though, not too long back. Yeah. Well, it's in that, I think it's in that, um, that, what was it, Life Magazine or whatever that had that, like, most haunted places oh, around the world. that's a cool magazine. It's a very cool magazine. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it was in there. Yeah. So, all right. Um, uh, um, Robert Hanna, are elves actual real entities like the people in Iceland uh, appear to supposedly claim? So we're getting to some different, I guess, well, you know, we had the, the fairies hoax, the cottonly fairies, so are elves real? I've never seen be. one, it but could be. if, you know, if you're going to believe in some entities, you know, you have to give the other ones thought. This is, this is the way I, and I have for a number of years perceived this, is that of course I say this a lot that within legends are some sort of grain of truth so when it comes to elves dwarves I mean we we call smaller people these days dwarves anyway um leprechauns um I think they're all ingrained in a bit of truth that there was a smaller type of a humanoid person on this earth like they found that quote unquote hobbit type person um in Southeast Asia, in the, in, in the islands there. Um, and the local uh, folklore and rumors and all that basically had those human people kind of integrating themselves with the, uh, with the rest of humans there. And so they basically were bred out um, in that supposedly you can tell who is descended from those smaller ones because of the features 
of the uh, of the people that are there today. Um, and so I think some of that is true in some of these other areas of the world that maybe there were some of these other smaller human uh, people around that whether they died out, bred out, whatever, um, they're no longer around, but there were stories from a long, long time ago of seeing them in the woods or near the shore or wherever it was. And so those stories got worked into the local folklore. And once the people were gone, they became this mythical creature, you know, mythical humanoid type figure. Um, but they did once exist. So that's my take in any case. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Donna Gordon, Hobbits live. Yeah. Mm. Um, William Ben, oh, and the Pygmies of, uh, yeah, uh, they're in South America. Uh, Denisovan hominids. Well, those are the tall ones. <laughs> the Denisovans are really tall. Um, they did come across, um, they did come across recently a, um, trying to is a denisovan with a um trying to think if it was another with another human or was with it was a uh, a neanderthal where they found some dna that was a combination of, of both so they did see the interbreeding between races uh with that so but the denisovans were really tall you're like on the other end of the spectrum there you could almost go more toward giants with them so um all right, so I think we are going to about wrap it up here because we're getting off of. <laughs> I mean, th these are. I guess these are more. Um, they're still legends, not not really urban legends, which is the type. But these are like more like historic type legends, um, which are still very cool. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, South America for the pygmies. I thought so. Um, all right, so let's go ahead, like I said, let's go ahead and wrap it up. I <laughs> uh, really appreciate everybody uh, coming out tonight. Um, thank you, Donna, for uh, Cheshire catting the chat. Uh, thank you to our Deep Down the Rabbit Hole Patreon space, uh, patrons. So that would be um, Tom McNicholas, uh, B3 Airspace, Zippy Davis, BD Flint, um, Pamela Queen, Joe Chandler, Andrew Cox, and Dustin Samario. Thank you all of you for that. Um, if you're interested in the in the Patreon stuff, patreon.com slash media. We got all kinds of extras out there, which are uh, pretty cool. We just did our Q&A video we put out there. So um, Betty says, Momo was good, Mike, on reporting. Thank you. Um, appreciate that. So I was just trying to get the facts out there. It's a pretty popular video. Yeah, that, that was like 90,000 views in a day. So yeah. in, in the first 24 hours. So I appreciate that one. It's only a little three-minute video. It was just like, here's some of the facts. There you go. You know, stop fear-mongering. Yeah, hopefully it set some people's, you know, minds at ease. It like, just don't pay attention, you know, to this stuff. I mean, pay attention to your kids. Yeah. You know, um, if you got to keep track of what they're watching or if you have to sit them down and be like, look, this is what's being said. This is what's going on. Yeah, I mean, let your kids know, hey, if anybody ever says anything like that to you, don't be doing that stuff. Don't do it. Um, but all the stuff about splicing the 
Momo into these YouTube videos and all that. It never happened. You know, it's just that all that wasn't true. Um, you know, unfortunately, there may come uh, come along somebody who actually tries to do shit like that um, to try to say, you oh, see, it's real. And it's like he did it after the fact. So, yeah, just be, yeah, be a good parent. <laughs> yeah, don't parent like an asshole. There you go. There you go. All right, everybody, you have a great week. Next week, we are from Mineral Springs, live from Mineral Springs. We're doing uh, Edge of the Rabbit Hole. We won't be doing an Inside the Upside Down because um, it got really late when we did that. And, I, you know, I got to work the next morning. You got to get up and take Connor to school, all that stuff. So uh, we're going to do one Edge of the Rabbit Hole next week. Maybe we'll make it a little bit longer or something. Um inside the abandoned pool the abandoned pool nobody ever goes live from down there no so, so some of you in the chat room have already been there yeah but some of you have not and for those of you that have not it is a very very cool spot absolutely so all right everybody we will catch you from mineral springs next week have a great night till next time 